Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Mitchell Hollis is occupying his usual spot across the counter. Thanks for having me, Dean. Uh, so glad to be here. Hey, this is episode 27. How crazy Isn't that is that? amazing? Yeah. Um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's going by quick. It don't seem like 27 episodes for no, sure. No, it doesn't. But, you know, you look back and it wasn't that long ago when we were at your church filming this because COVID the shutdown. We've pretty much, this has pretty much been a corona podcast it has kind of started right at the onset of what was it episode three we weren't allowed to come here anymore yeah Um, episode 1a i think was the coronavirus interruption that's right so yeah so So, right uh, we'll we'll never forget when we started this right exactly (laughs) hey have you ever struggled with your identity in christ because we're going to talk about that today so if that's Mm -hmm. something that has gone through your mind you might really be interested in today's story and then, in the second story today, we're going to talk about leaving God out of things. Have you ever been in that situation where you realize you kind of left God out of what you were doing? We've probably all done that at one point or another in our lives, and we're going to discuss that, mm-hmm. too. So I hope you enjoy that. We also, we have this new segment at the end. Yep. We are going to ask a trivia question, right? And so the first one to answer that trivia question in email form to dean at runforgod.com it's going to get a prize right they're going to get this hat if you're if you're watching on youtube you're going to get this trucker hat trucker hats are all the rage nowadays they are you know i used to be one of those guys that i like the flat running hats but now this is all i wear people will say it's because my beard it it evens my face out (laughs) i I don't understand that but i like trucker hats now so yeah and but the thing is dean you have to be a run club member that's right uh, to to answer the question and to get the prize. So That's it's right. just another reason, another value to being a Run Club member. Yeah, free stuff. Free, free stuff. Everybody, everybody, everybody likes free stuff. Everybody likes free stuff. That really doesn't matter what it is most of the time, does it? Just no. as long as it's free. No, I yeah. love free stuff. Yeah, me too. <laughs> hey, I actually got to run a race this weekend. It was so awesome to be out there and run a an actual race where they had actual people um, and, and I think this was my 11th time in 12 years that I've run this race. I missed one year a couple of years ago. Uh, I think we had a, a, a cross-country meet or something. Uh, but it supports FCA, the Fellowship sure. of Christian Athletes. And great so it's, organization. It is a great organization. And, and Lane ran, too. Lane did. I think Lane surprised himself. Um, it, was a, it was not a fast course. I mean, it was, it was a fast course, but it wasn't a PR course. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he ran his PR um, in an open race, he's run faster on the track for a 5K. Um, but yeah, I think he surprised himself. Ran a 15:56, was it? 15:55. 15:56, I think, was the official time. And all I know is that by the time I could see him still at a mile, right? Yeah, by the time we got further than that, I couldn't see him anymore. Well, it was, it was uh, it was it was kind of funny because I've I've seen race Lane race a lot, but this is the first time where. He's ever come through the finish line, and you couldn't see anybody behind him. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty commanding victory. 
uh, that he won. So he won the overall. You won the Masters division. Yeah, yeah, and, the old uh, guys. So that was pretty cool to <laughs> to see that. I think I, I sent you a picture. Um, you know, we've got pictures of Lane all through his ages running with Dean, and and I found one of the oldest ones I could find. And Lane's what a foot and a half shorter. Uh, yeah, going out for a long run with you. And so it's 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 pretty cool to look back, you know, and see you know where he's come and where you guys have been together it's uh, been a great coach to him yeah it's been it's been fun to watch him grow up and and excel like yeah. he does um it was interesting at this race they tried to keep everybody apart as much as they could and uh, i thought they were responsible about it i mean people you know some people ignore those kinds of things right. and uh, but for the most part um everybody was trying to be respectful of everybody else sure. and give them space and you could see the folks that were concerned and were kind of off in the corner and they were starting way back in the back and all that's great um but it was really good to do something that felt close to normal right <laughs> um and it's okay that it's a little bit different as long as we can feel like we're close to normal you know lane actually went to a football game friday night did he our local high school they uh they had their first football game i didn't actually go but holly and i we had went out to to eat dinner and i said let's swing by and just see the stands i wanted to see it because it's right down from our house and um man it was great just to see that i mean the stands were pretty crowded uh yeah. they they uh they capped the ticket sales at 50 percent, but everybody still gravitates towards that 50 yard line so yeah. it, i mean the stands looked packed and it was just it was great to see activity again and i yeah. hope that continues i hope you know we don't have any more shutdowns or flare-ups of this i think the virus is i think it's on its way down i don't i don't pay as close to as attention as i used to uh, but it seems like well i looked at the chart yesterday yeah. for our state i looked at the chart yesterday and we are we have been on a downward trend now for a few weeks yeah. and it is continuing the downward trend and now the the death rate which is a trailing indicator has started its decline as well so it and i wish the like media would report that I do too. It doesn't matter which side you watch. It's like they don't, nobody reports the good side that this thing is on its way out. And, uh, yeah. but it is. And I'm, I'm glad about that. And, you know, I think we're going to look back years from now and we're going to see where, where God worked through this, this, uh, pandemic. And, um, yep. we may not know what that is now, but one day we will. Yeah. And one thing we know running is still not canceled it's not it's not <laughs> running is never canceled yeah um hey what about the run club exclusive stuff we talked about the hat but there's other stuff out there and if you've never been a part of the thursday night live session um we have a lot of fun on thursday nights it's a little less structured than what we even do here it's just kind of a conversation of kind of my thoughts and and kind of uh maybe some coaching tips and sometimes it's a bible study and it's it's all sorts of different well, and people things. can interact with you I yeah think that's one of the things that people love is is they love being able to ask their own questions and make yeah. their own comments and and uh yeah it's a lot of fun you do a, you do a great job with that and you know you, you have some special guests on there sometimes which is always cool from some different points of view yeah. not always exactly running related yeah and uh so yeah it's a a lot of fun the exclusive content you know we've got the jerseys on there now yeah that you and lane have wore for for many years now and we had a lot of people commenting saying we we want that so yeah. uh, we opened that store up that's actually not part of run for god that is a completely separate company that does that but it's 
it's fully customized sublimated apparel and sublimated means it's not printed it's actually the material is dyed yeah so when you see sticky on the front of the jersey it's actually dyed in there and, and you can't actually feel it which it's a it's a great product it's not the cheapest stuff in the world uh it is a little bit pricey but that's not something you go buy a ten of you right know? you got yeah. molly wade up in new hampshire and and she has hundreds, I think, run for God shirts. That's this isn't really what that is. It's it's your it's your one race jersey that yep. you wear on occasions, but it's a it's a great quality. It is, it is. So go out there and get yours if you haven't gotten one by now. Um, I've been racing in mine now for, like you said, for many years. It, it holds up pretty well. It's yeah. still still like the day I, I bought it. And don't don't let people forget. You know, we started this last week. If they want us, if they want a, a peek inside of Run for God or Run Club, I'm sorry, go to Run for God Run Club dot com and use the code podcast, and you'll get 30 days free. You can you can look under the hood, see what we're all about, see if it's something you like. If it's not, cancel and and no money lost. But yeah. um, but still, we say it's 27 cents a day. How 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 wrong can you go with 27 cents a day? So. So go to the website, use the code podcast, and you'll get 30 days free. Yeah, we feel like there's good value there. So we have something else that's coming up soon, the Run for God Ambassador Program, right, for folks who are Run Club members. Right. Yeah, and be looking for an email next week. By the time this airs, we'll be sending out a, an email next week, and that's going to have a little bit of competition to it as well. You know, we are runners. We're wired yeah. for competition. That's right. Uh, but we're going to have an ambassador program for our Run Club members where you can win some really cool gear. You might even get to create your own playlist on J Radio that all your friends and people that don't even know you can come listen to. I still haven't got mine up. Yours may be up by now. Uh, Lane's is up. Holly's working on hers. But you can join us in creating your own playlist on J Radio, which we think is the world's greatest digital music platform there is absolutely and talking about j radio of course we're sponsored by then and so uh yeah go check out j radio social media nope grocery store tabloids nope the newspaper not usually the national news are you serious is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message a lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. Please don't forget that you can send questions to me, Dean at Run for God. Uh, dot com and you whatever it is if you've got a question about something i'd love to try to help you if i can and if i don't know the answer a lot of times i can find it so um let let me know how we can help you if you've got ways that you think we can change what we do something that we offer that might be nice uh you know we we've got this strava group and i don't know how many people tune to tune into the, the strava group There's quite a few on there but that strava group um was created because somebody suggested it. Right. It's just one suggestion, boom, Strava Group created. Yeah, so we can make it happen. We're going to make it happen. Absolutely. So check it out. Um, hey, and don't forget, too, that we'd love to hear your story. We're going to share a story this morning from somebody who is a Run for God coach um, and, and has, has, has taught many Run for God 5K Challenge classes. Um, 
And this is her story, but you have a story too, and we'd love to hear them. So go to the runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com uh, webpages, and you can find a place to submit those stories. You can always send them directly to me, uh, but we, we want to hear your story, and we want to share it. And remember, if you're a Run Club member, straight to the head of the line. So uh, get your story out there. Do people know you as a runner or do they know you as a child of God? Or maybe both. That's the question going into this week's story. It comes to us from Deborah Grove, who is from Oil City, Pennsylvania. And it's called Identity Crisis. I have not always been a runner. Actually, I didn't start running until the age of 48. My daughter had moved about four hours away. She had taken up running after she moved. Because her husband was called up for active duty and would be in Iraq for a year, she decided to move back to be close to family. To keep her company and to help her keep her mind off the loneliness many military spouses experienced, I decided I would try running with her. Not ever being athletic, I literally started by running to a phone pole, walking to the next, or walking the next few, running to another one, and repeating this process. Soon, I was able to run to every other phone pole, and eventually, I ran a full mile without stopping. The following summer, my daughter and I decided to do what we called the 5K Circuit. We ran 5K races all over the area. She usually placed in her age group, and I managed to finish the races. Now, 10 years later, I have run a multitude of 5Ks, 10Ks, 5-milers, and half marathons, as well as 5 full marathons. In many races, I don't just finish them, I even place in my age group. To share my love for running, I have spent the last six summers leading a Run for God 5K challenge group. I also lead a Christian running group. I can now comfortably say I am a runner, and people who know me identify me that way. I didn't think much about my identity as a runner until I spent a few hours with a friend of mine. We were discussing blood pressure and pulse, and I mentioned that mine were low because, well, I'm a runner. We discussed feet, and I said that mine are ugly because, well, I'm a runner. <laughs> I guess I use this phrase a few more times because he mentioned that he liked how I, identified, how I identified myself as a runner. The next day, I found myself feeling convicted. Why don't I identify myself as a Christian the same way I identify myself as a runner? Why am I not wearing out Bibles the way I'm wearing out running shoes? Do people know that Christ is my Savior, or do they simply know that I'm a runner? 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I try to do that in my running. I lead a Christian running group called Moving with Purpose. We meet weekly for devotions, followed by a group run. We wear our group shirts to the races, the shirts have a picture of a cross on top of a pile of running shoes in the front of the, of the words of Hebrews 12.1 on the back. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Yet even when wearing my shirt, I talk about running, not about Christ. Matthew 12.36 is very clear about what I should be talking about. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. 
If my conversations about running do not point to Christ, they're just empty words. I realize that I'm having an identity crisis and I need to make some changes. I want to be identified as a Christian before I am identified as anything else. I want to spend as much time in reading the Bible, praying, and doing Christ's work as I do in training and racing. I want people to see me and say, she is a child of God. Oh, and also a runner. Sometimes I will likely lose my identity of being a runner, but I never want to lose my identity of belonging to Christ. I invite you to join me in prioritizing your identity. Well, what a nice story from Deborah. It's a great story, Deborah. First uh, Corinthians tw- ten thirty one. I can't help but think um, of the movie. Remember the goal. Yeah. That the that that was a tagline. I think right. of the the movie. Whatever you do, whatever you eat or drink, do it for the glory of God. Um, yeah. Man, that that you know that makes me think of a. Uh, it was actually one of the chapters in uh, the five k challenge back a couple versions ago. It was the chapter titled Pancakes and Waffles. Yeah. And this verse really makes me think of that. And the premise behind that chapter was uh, I actually thought about it in a Sunday school class one day. And the question was posed to us, are you a pancake or are you a waffle? And most people, and the way, the, the reason they ask that is, are you a person that compartmentalizes everything? You know, that's that's our tendency to sometimes is that we have our, we have our faith life, we have our work life, we have our social life, we have our kids' ball games life, and, and we compartmentalize these things, and we nothing needs to touch the other. You know, I'm that way in eating. You know, I, I don't want any food on my plate to touch each other, and I eat one thing, and then I go to the next. You know, that's people make fun of me for that, but that's the way I do it. Well, I think a lot of times that's the way we live our lives. And what this verse here is saying is you need to be a waffle. When you pour syrup into a waffle, what does it do? It goes into the compartments. And right. that's that's how we that's how we allow God in our life in a lot of ways, many yeah. times, is God, we, we want you in our spiritual life and we want you in our church life and we want you in our social life, but not in my work. I work around some different people and I have to act different when I'm around those people. And I think we've all fallen victim to that from time to time. But what this verse is saying is you got to be a pancake. The love of God, Christ's influence on your life has got to just pour over everything in your life. Your work. If you're if you're a child of God and you're living for Him, you can't live a compartmentalized life. Yeah. Because Christ should shine, and He He needs to shine more in that example when you're at work and you're around those people who aren't Christ-like. It needs to shine even more there. Yeah. Uh, but so many times we're timid and we, and I get it. I get it. That's one of the the struggles. You know, that's part of picking our cross up daily. Yeah, is dealing with those moments where we want to compartmentalize, but God's word is clear here. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God, and that includes being around those people who don't live like us. So, great. I mean, that's a very great passage to use for this story. The moral of the story: be a pancake. Sure. Uh, so be a pancake. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think that that's instructive. It says whether you eat or drink, it, it takes two very very common things that we do every day, right. and says 
these things that no matter what you do and then what so just to, to be clear in these things that you do all the time plus everything else you do right yeah there are no outs here it's, there it's, are no accepts there are no however you want to explain it there are no compartments that we can hold out yes that's right um we we try to do that but god says nope it's it's got to be everything yep yep and sometimes we just do that as being a good example and sometimes it's just a word or two or a sentence or a you know it's really simple a lot of times and we make it complicated yeah and i think you know there's part of us that we don't want that um the label of in the south you hear it holy roller yeah i'm sure there's other terms but the older i get and I guess maybe the the closer my walk with Christ gets, the more I cherish that. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in, in one of your one of um, Deborah's later questions. But yeah, we yeah. we we need to look for those moments. Well, and she shares Matthew twelve thirty six, which is really kind of a scary thought. It is when, when you look at it. It says, "But I say to you that." For every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Mm-hmm. We're going to face God one day, and God's going to want to know, yeah, you know, what'd you do? What'd you do? What'd you do for me? What did you do in my name? Um, well, and, and I think about some of the things that I've done in my lifetime, and some of the things that I have to give account for. Right. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's not going to be fun. And thank God for grace. Thank God for it. Yes. You know, it's yeah. Thank you. I mean, yeah, we can get into that. But you know, not only not only are we going to give an account for our actions, but and and it it doesn't come right out and say this, but you 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 know from other scriptures that we're also going to give an account for our inactions, and those can be even scarier than our actions, because a lot of times our actions might might affect us, but many times our inaction affects others. It's it's that person that God lays on your heart. Go share Christ with that person, and you procrastinate, and that person gets killed. What, whatever the situation, we've mm-hmm. all heard these situations where I, I think I'm, I'm more worried about my list of inactions than I am my actions. Yeah, because it talks about idle words, and idle words are, are when you're focusing on anything else. Sure. It's, it's idle words, right? And and those things are important. I mean, those other conversations are important. But did we take care of the important conversation first, right? right? Yeah. So, uh, the, and the third scripture passage, of course, at Run for God, we're very familiar sure. with Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Um, yeah, we've. There's a reason why that's the uh, kind of flagship run for God verse. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's perfect for us. Her first question is, how do people identify you? <laughs> that's a loaded question. It it is, and, and this is what I was kind of referring to in in the scriptures above. Is you know, I I I have some people around me. I have a. Um, kind of a business relationship with a gentleman in our community and and he's not a believer and but and he's he's actually Jewish he's Israeli and uh, whenever we're together or we're, we're going to eat or something like that um, he jokingly calls me his rabbi 
and 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 I wear that almost as a badge of honor, not the rabbi part, but that he he knows me as a person of faith. Mm-hmm. He he refers to me. He always asks me to pray uh, before a meal, and I don't know if he ever prays before any other meal, but that may feel uncomfortable to me at sometimes at times because sometimes he'll do it jokingly and I really don't like to it's not a joke right. but on the at the same time it it makes me I can almost feel God saying you're doing this right you're doing this right because those are the people that we need to be influencing the most but many times those are the people we shy away from the most yeah and uh so yeah I if it's rabbi, if whatever you want to call me, as long as it's it's referring to me as somebody who loves Jesus and I'm going to show that love in every situation, then I take that as a badge of honor. Yeah, it's one of the things that I do when I'm I'm recruiting as a coach. You know, right. I get called coach all the time, and sure. I hear people say coach. I love to hear the word coach because yeah. it, it just makes you feel good that somebody's relying on you for, right. for something that they do. and. Uh, but one of the things that I always talk about when I recruit any anybody for the team is you need to know mm-hmm. that I'm a Christian and I wear my faith on my sleeve and you're going to hear stuff in, in that vein. And if you're uncomfortable with that, this might not be the place for you. Right. Uh, not, not because I don't want them there, but because I want them to understand that that's those are some of the words they're going to hear. Not all the time. I don't preach to any of them. Right. Um, but when I have the opportunity – to use an example out of the Bible, then I'm right. going to use that example. But society will tell us we need to be a waffle there. Right. Society will tell us you can't wear your faith on your sleeve. You can't talk to those girls about faith issues because that doesn't line up with the college's stance or whatever. And and, and same thing for people's work. Uh, we're so blessed to do the work that we do because mm-hmm. we talk about it all day long, but there's so many corporate um, settings out there where the corporations will say, you can't say that. You can't talk to people about those things. And, and those are the pitif- pivotal moments where we have to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And they're hard decisions sometimes. Um, you know, I, I love it when you, you've, you've told me that before about how you, when you talk to a, a young lady and their parents about coming to run for it, I mean, you, that's one of the first things you say. Mm-hmm. And, that is so awesome, and there is a chance that could cause you problems in the future. But the thing I know about you is you're you're willing to accept those problems because you see the greater good. And I've seen what a difference you've made in those girls' lives because, because you don't compartmentalize. You are that pancake. The love of Christ is flowing into them through you because it comes out in every direction and so hats off to you but it's a it's a great lesson that we need to do that in every aspect of our life and and we we need to be identified as children of god first i mean deborah's dead on absolutely and and that can be mixed in with running or hunting or golfing or whatever else you do but as long as the child of god is first and all that other stuff is secondary then then we're on the right path. Absolutely, absolutely. Her second question, I want to add to her second question a little bit because I think the answer to her second question would be obvious for most of us, 
Um, she says, how do you want people to identify you? And, and the question that I would pose is, how do you really want people to identify you? You know, because it's real easy to say, I want people to see me as a Christ follower. But you just mentioned, are you willing to accept sometimes the consequences of being a Christ follower can be not great? And are you willing to accept those consequences? Because um, if you're not, um, that that's not a good direction to 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 focus yourself. But right. now, at the, by the same token, I, I see folks that are really conflicted, and so I want to talk to those folks too that are out there who maybe they've got a job where it is heavily frowned upon, right. and they have to feed their family. Mm-hmm. and And there are times when it's hard, mm-hmm. and so please don't hear any either one of us say we think that by gosh you ought to be saying this this and this because if you, if you don't then you're not a christ follower that's, uh, that's not it it's hard for some of you out there and i think for for me when i answer this question i i use the the word i tried to put a word with it and i said thoughtful i want people to identify me as a thoughtful follower of christ because sometimes mm. i'm not real thoughtful my wife tells me that <laughs> Sometimes I think she's too thoughtful. <laughs> when I say that out loud, that doesn't sound right. Uh, I think we talked about that some yeah. last week. We all prefer our, we all prefer her, you know. We, just so you I, know, <laughs> as you should. But I guess I want my default. I want yeah. people to know me that my default is Jesus. And this kind of gets into your story. Um, you talk about leaving God out of things, and if our default is Jesus then we can't go wrong. Mm. Things might go bad, but we can't go wrong if our default is Jesus. So if you're if you're questioning, do I say that or don't I say that, if if the default mechanism in your psyche is Jesus, you can't go wrong with that. And I yeah. sometimes that is not my default. I'm just gonna admit it. And I want that. I think the the closer we grow in our walk with Christ the more that becomes a default. Um, yeah, I think it's a sliding scale. You start out maybe 10% of the time you, you, that is sure. your default, and then it's 20%, and then it's 30 and And, and, and you that's get our, better at our, it as we go. Yeah, we, we understand the further we go along how bad of a sinner we are. You know, I was at a Bible study, a men's Bible study the other night, and uh, and I don't have all the scriptures. He had them all lined up, and but he, he talked about Paul. And he said when Paul first had his conversion, when Paul would talk to, to people, he would describe himself as a sinner. But later in Paul's life, when he talked to, to people, he called himself the worst of all sinners. Wow. And, it, and it slid. The, the closer he got to Christ, the more he realized how bad of a sinner he was and how much he needed Christ. So it was, it's kind of... you and. and yeah, you'll have to look the verses That's up, but it's true that early in his conversion, after the road to Damascus, he called himself a sinner. But then as, as he got closer and closer to Christ, it became the chief sinner. You know, I think it's in I think it's in Second Corinthians where he says, uh, I'm a sinner. In fact, I'm a I'm the chief sinner or something wow. like that. And uh, that that became evident the more and more that his default was Jesus. Yeah. He realized it's it's just like you said, it's a sliding scale. Well, and you know, you mentioned how um, 
the, the your well i think about david i think about david and how things didn't you mentioned things don't always go right things mm-hmm. aren't always perfect even even when jesus is your default things are going to not always go well and i think about david who god said was a man after god's own heart right mm-hmm. so david was close to god but he did some terrible terrible things sure and so we're all guilty we're all guilty of those things but david was clearly focused in the right direction exactly so question three is if they are not the same what can you do to make that change in other words if if your identity if how people identify you and how you want to be identified are different uh, what can you do to make that change i think that's a daily walk mm-hmm. um and in the, the it's just like we we say it all the time about training mm-hmm. um you can have the best training plan in the world. You can have the best coach in the world. You can have the best equipment, running gear, everything in the world. But you're never going to be fast without consistency. That's it. We have the best training plan in the world at our fingertips, and it's the Word of God. Yeah. We have the best coach that we can talk to daily and and it's prayer to God. We we have all the tools necessary, but if we never open the training plan and we never talk to the coach, we're never going to be a fast runner. Yep. And these two questions are never going to line up if we never open the Bible and we never talk to God. And, you know, I, I'm just as guilty as anybody. You know, I, I, I have my quiet time. Every morning. I say every morning, but there are weeks when I miss a few days. There have been times where I've missed a week before, and boy, I can tell it. Mm. It's just like if you miss a week of running and then you go out and try to run your normal paces, you're going to feel it, aren't you? Yeah. And it's it's no different than I walk with Christ. When you when you get to the point where you realize you need that time and you're, you're putting in that time, then just a little gap. You know, whether it's a vacation or whatever the excuses we use sometimes for not having that quiet time, man, it becomes very evident that we've missed that time. And that's a good feeling, though. Yeah. Um, sometimes getting that conviction of, sorry, God, I, I didn't talk to you this week. And, and you feel that conviction. You feel that sorrow. You feel that um, spiritual loss of fitness. Yeah. Yeah. That daily time with God keeps you sharp. Yeah. What a spectacular analogy there. There is power in people's stories. It's a challenging time. What do you do when everything you believe about God is being tested and God doesn't look like the good father that he says he does? You've got layers and layers and layers of hate in your heart. It it takes God to clean it out. Your story can help encourage others around the country, just like these stories have. You can walk through a simple process of sharing your story with the Big Share app. Download the Big Share app in your app store to start sharing hope with others. So have you ever had one of those times when God uses something kind of odd to make a point in your life? You know, I love the story of Joseph and and how he just kind of plowed through those tough times. He had a number of tough times in his life. 
and he never really whined or complained. He just kept plowing through those and kept doing the right thing and kept focusing on God. Um, and God had big plans for him uh, to help his own family, and he had no idea. You know, at the time, he's just doing what's right. Had no idea that what was going to happen actually happened in the end of his story. Um, and the very family that caused all the problems to start with, all of his problems, he was able to help and save in the end. I just think it's a great a great story. Um, and I had a much more minor thing happen this week that I wanted to share about. And so I want to share that through Dean's thoughts, which, as you know, is a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this week it's called, I Left God Out Today. Sometimes when I write, I get a general idea of what I want to write about, put it down on paper, and then come back to it later. Sometimes I abandon the process because of time. Others, it's simply that I don't have all my thoughts together about the subject and how I want to express it. Sometimes I'll even write most of it, but then I can feel my brain stall out and I don't quite finish. Of course, I'll come back later to complete the story. You know how you can try to think of an answer to a question, but you just can't think about it? And then later, it just comes easy? Yeah, that's how writing is for me often. I had written a story and was mostly done, but I had not used it because I wasn't satisfied with its current state. When I went back to it, there was a sentence that didn't make any sense. I read it a second time. Nope, no better. So I gathered my senses, really focused, and read it a third time. Well, there it was. I realized what I had done. I had left God out. I literally left the word God out of the sentence. Wow. I was disappointed in myself. But it illustrated a point beautifully. I looked at that sentence and realized that it was a metaphor for life. It was an illustration of how leaving God out of anything causes confusion. When God is not the, in the sentence, things don't make sense. What I love the most about the situation is how God took something that seemed embarrassing to me and turned it around to show me something really cool. What a blessing. When we struggle, it just doesn't make sense sometimes. A year before the writing of these words, I ran a 5K race a full minute slower than I ran the same race yesterday. I did not understand a year ago why I was so much slower than I had run in a very long time. But when I fast forward to today, I realize that I appreciate yesterday's race even more in light of last year's race. Maybe God was just trying to help me appreciate the gift he has given me. We all have those times when we struggle. It might be running, but it might be something else entirely. If there is one thing I have learned as a Christian, it's that God will reveal his purpose eventually. It may not be when we want, but it will come. The question is, will we realize it when he reveals it? When Joshua was, was marching around Jericho, it seemed pointless. I'm sure there were blisters and a lot of questions. Why in the world do we need to do all of this extra work? Why couldn't God just level the city? He could have done just that. But he didn't. He wanted obedience and a true belief in what was to take place. In the end, it was spectacular as the walls came down. But they had to endure. What would have happened if they didn't continue to believe? 
What would have happened had they not done what God asked them to do? Thankfully, we will never know. But here's the question. Are you wondering why God has you in the predicament you're in today? It may be that God just hasn't given you the answer at this point, and he just wants you to keep marching. But the follow-up question is even more critical. Are you leaving God out of the sentence? Has he already let you know why you're going through the struggle, but you can't understand because you left him out? Don't worry. We're all guilty. But God's grace allows us to come back and see it after we take the time to read it again. I left God out today, but he forgave me and even used it for his glory. It's a great story, Dean. It was really an odd situation. I mean, this is a true story where I just, I had this sentence and I really looked at it and I'm like, what was I trying to say here? And that was literally the one word I had left out. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, it's a metaphor for life because life doesn't make sense without God. Yeah. Um, Our society spends billions and billions of dollars trying to make it make sense, trying to fill that hole in everybody's spirit that can only be filled by God. Just like that sentence, no other word would have worked in that place. Mm -hmm. No other word. And it completely didn't make sense. And when you put God into that hole, Everything made sense. And I, I wish we could get every non-believer to read that story. Yeah. Because, I mean, it does. It, it, really, it really breaks it down into or really puts into focus the problem with being a non-believer. You know, I think about this COVID thing, and, and I see some people who are, are terrified. They're terrified of this disease. And I think for the – I mean, there's people who are legitimately terrified who are – are believers, um, whether it be for health conditions or, or underlying conditions or what. But I think many of the people I see are terrified because of a lack of hope. Mm. They they think it's the end. You know, I'm I'm not worried about it. I'm probably <laughs> not worried about it to a fault. I haven't been the whole time. I. I used hand sanitizer a few times early. early. I mean, I washed my hands, and yeah. but I think I was actually in the grocery store, and, and I, I caught myself putting some on, and I'm like, what? What are you doing? For me, that's just, that wasn't necessary, and because I know that this is not the end. Yeah. You know, I, I know there's better things to come after this, and and that's the case because of God. Yeah. But if you don't have anything to put in that that hope place, then I get it. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. People spend their whole lives trying to make it make sense. And I know I'm well, rambling there, but it's No, it's a no, great it's a story. Gr- yeah. It's, it's a great point too. And I think about it in a whole different way. I think about this that people who are non-believers a lot of times they look at God and they hear people talk about God and they look at God as this overlord that's looking down on us making enforcing rules and smacking us in line when we get out of line and this really mean person that just you know is makes us pay for our sins basically and nothing could be further from the truth and here's where People would think maybe that God would look at me leaving his name out of that sentence as well I must not care 
Maybe I just don't love God enough, and that's why I left him out. But that's not the way God looked at it. The way God looked at it was, hey, check out, check out what I'm going to do with, with your oversight. Right. This is going to be so awesome, right? And so that's the God that we serve, the one that takes a, a situation that anybody else in this crazy world we live in would look at as a negative, like you don't care because you left my name out, and twist that completely around and says, Here's how much I love you. I'm well, going to show you something cool. You know, I always, you've heard me say it a million times, I always compare my walk with Christ with my walk with my two sons. You know, not, not that I'm looking at myself as God, but it, it, it is a, it is a, a parent-child relationship. The Bible's mm-hmm. clear about that. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are children of God. And how many times as parents have we seen our kids doing something that we know is going to hurt or we know is going to cause pain or we know is going to um, they're going to look at it and say oh, I shouldn't have done that how many times do we let them go through with that because we know that there's a lesson can be learned from it Yeah, and I do it all the time mm-hmm. I mean I've got a 14 and a 17 year old right now so they're constantly making boneheaded decisions <laughs> And there's a lot of times where I could stop that. I could say, don't, nope, stop, don't do that. I don't. Yeah. And I've learned to do that more and more because I know that there's going to be the opportunity after whatever is done happens. Now, if it's something like wrecking a vehicle or getting very you know, injured, then I'm going to step in. But if it's something simple like you know, failure to plan or whatever, I know there's going to be an opportunity, usually later that night when we're all sitting on our bed, and, and I make the comment, hey, what you did today, have you ever thought about this? When I could have stopped it, yeah. but many times shielding our kids from adversity and pain and struggle is a bad thing. Yeah. And it's no different with us. Yeah, God is going to let us um, get ourselves in predicament sometimes. Mm-hmm. God can absolutely step in. God could have knocked the walls of Jericho down in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But he had to he had to create a lesson there for those people and it was the the lesson of where are you putting your faith? Mm-hmm. You know, I've told you to do this. And if you don't do this, then you may be killed by a much larger army. But if you'll follow my steps, if you put your faith in me, then it's going to work out. Yeah. The God-sized hole is going to be filled. Um, yeah, God, God just he gives us so much grace in, in situations where we, we just fail, where we, where we do leave him out. Because like I said at the end of that thing, he always allows us to go back and reread that sentence and, and correct it. Now, there could be some consequences to whatever we did wrong, depending on what it was, but he, he always allows us the opportunity to go back and, and make it right, if you, if you want to call it that. And I can't help but think about that in the world that we live in today, with the division that we have in this world today. Wouldn't it be great if we all looked at other people that way, if we all looked at everybody and said, okay, all right, we, we've done, we've said, we've, we've acted in ways that are not appropriate, and... Um, and, and that's okay. We've all done it. And I, that's okay that you've been that way in the past. Hey, let's go forward and let's kind of put our arm around each other and figure out how we can make all this thing work out. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and everybody needs to realize if, if 
you know, I, I keep saying I don't see how people run for political office these days because the cli- our political climate is if you've ever done anything wrong in your past, that disqualifies you from being in political office. Well, if that's the case, then we just need to disband all political civilization because we've all messed up. You, you mentioned David a while ago. David had about as bad a mess-ups as you could have. Adultery, murder, deceitfulness. I mean, he had it all. Mm. But God used him. Paul. Yeah. Paul, had, I mean, crucified, persecuted, just, I mean, hated Christians. And Paul used him mightily. But it's all about having that line, that, that date on which you say, that was my past. Jesus, I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. And when you turn the page, now there's, having sin in your past doesn't get you out of consequences. So many times there are consequences for our sin, but there's still the grace of God that will forgive those. Yeah, Forgiveness doesn't mean you might not have to pay for your sins. If, if, if you kill somebody in today's age and, and you accept Christ in jail, well, you're not getting out of jail. Right. You're going to have to pay the price for those sins. But thank God that there is grace that forgives those sins mm-hmm. and allows us to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. And, and the Bible is clear that it tells us that's how we are to forgive. We are to forgive like he forgives. Sure. And so oftentimes I see people that they say something. And, and a lot of times in politics, it's like you get one side that's offended with the other side. And it could be either side. They get offended with the other side because of some, something somebody said. And that thing that they said or that they did can be interpreted more than one way. And so the first thing we do, though, is we, on one side, we, we interpret it the negative way. And then the other side interprets it the positive way. And then we fight about it. It's like, why can't we just assume that everything everybody says is with the best intentions and let's move forward with that? Right. And then if it is the worst intentions and that's how it winds up, then – all right, that's bad. But at least we gave somebody the benefit of the doubt. We don't give anybody the benefit of the doubt. No, anymore. we don't. And, and you see it. You, I shouldn't say you see it in younger people. Like you see it in all age groups. But talking to a young lady the other day, high school age girl, and I had I had seen that her and one of her best friends were just, I noticed that they weren't even talking. They weren't even looking at each other. These are two girls that are friends of my son, Lane. And so I, I kind of dug in on lane i said you know what's going on with these two girls it's obvious they're not talking they're both believers to my knowledge um and but they're just not talking and and he told me and it was some high school drama and uh so i went up to one of the girls and i said you know what is the hardest thing about being a christian many times and she just that quick she said witnessing i said yeah that's that's up there I said, but many times the hardest thing to do as a Christian is forgive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's all I said. And it's like you could just, she got it immediately. And I think you actually had a conversation with the other girl. <laughs> the and, next day. Uh, kind of the same conversation. And <laughs> within two or three days, they're back to posting pictures with each other and great friends. Yeah. But we can say that that's high school drama, but that's life. I mean, it is. It, many times forgiveness is the hardest thing we can do as a Christian, even above witnessing. Mm. But man, what a picture 
of the grace of Jesus Christ when we extend that same grace. Yeah. It's very hard. It's very hard to say you're a Christian. The Bible's clear about it. It's very hard to say you're a Christian and have a grudge with someone. Yeah. To have unforgiveness in your heart. It's definitely going to um, interfere with that content. It's, it's hard to bow your head every morning in prayer and have your quiet time with unforgiveness. And I, yeah. believe me, I've had it before, and it God will not let that go. Yeah. I've, I've had to walk into people's houses that I haven't talked to in years. Um, this has been years ago. And say, look, I'm sorry. I forgive you. Whatever it is. Either, either I'm asking forgiveness or I'm extending forgiveness. And it's not up to us what they do. Right. You know, it's up to us to either offer or accept. And, and the Bible doesn't say that they have to apologize for us to sure. forgive them. That's sure. that's something that I think we get wrong. Well, if they'll apologize to me, I, no, that's not it's what it says. The wrong heart, yeah, right there. I, yeah, I had a. I remember a preacher one time, and this is the way he said it. And I think I've said this on this podcast before, but it bears repeating. You have to forgive everybody every time for everything they have ever done against you. Sure, that's it's that that's simple. And if if you think about it, that's what God does you know it's seven times 70 or you know whatever it's sometimes we think well if they if they cross me again how many times do we cross God every day how many Mm. times do we put another nail in his hand on that cross every single day you and I are in ministry and I fail him every single day and you're right every time for everything how many ever times it takes? That's and, right. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know how we got off on that tangent, but it's it's true. I mean, it's it's a great conversation. Yep, yep. If you haven't become a Run for God coach yet, well, what are you waiting for? If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. So don't forget, if you use the code PODCAST, if you want to become an instructor, you heard how to do it on the commercial. If you use the code PODCAST when buying your instructor's kit or your coach's kit, you'll get 20% off. And if you're a Run Club member, you're already getting it at a steep discount. You'll get an additional 20% off if you use the podcast code. So go check that out today. What a great deal. Hey, you know, recently I've noticed that um, I, I saw a podcast the other day. I haven't listened to it yet, but I, I, I'm going to go back and listen to it. But I have noticed this, that there's a lot of world record attempts lately. Mm. Have you seen that out in the, the running world? Yeah, people have nothing else to do during COVID, so why not break a world record? So they, they take the best runners from from an area or from the world, and they go, oh, let's put them together, and let's let's just try to do this thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fantastic. I do, too. What's interesting is that 
you would think that people wouldn't be as sharp because they haven't been racing, right? We think that we need to race a lot to stay sharp. But that this is proving just the opposite, mm-hmm. that the more training and the less interruption to training you get by all, yeah. all the races may actually be better. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, every year when we write the training plan for the triathletes, we, we struggle with that because mm-hmm. they've got eight or nine races during the year. And, you know, we need a good four-week block. Our, our training blocks come in four weeks, three on, one off. And when you start to get into the summer and racing season, it's hard to – very rarely do you get those full four-week blocks because you've got races stuck in there. So, yeah, I, th- I think, it, you know, for our group especially, it's it's just been – big training blocks back to back to back to back and the results are showing i mean we saw it with lane this past weekend yeah you know he ran the best race he's ever ran but he hadn't raced in yeah weeks and i mean besides the two triathlons he did he hadn't raced in months yeah Uh, but yeah it really fine-tunes your focus it does it does so we promised you at the beginning of the podcast that we were going to ask a trivia question And we're going to ask that trivia question right now. And this is the trivia. Talk about all this record stuff and attempts to do crazy things or big impressive things. We're going to ask about one of the biggest running-related attempts ever. And that was the four-minute mile. Mm -hmm. Who was – I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Who was the first person to break the four-minute mile? What was his time, and on what date was it? Wow, you're getting specific there. Yeah, I figure people have Google. And now let's go over the rules that, again. So. Let's. You've got to be a Run Club member. That's right. To win. Yep. And you have to email dean at runforgod.com with the answer. The first email you get with the correct answer and they're a Run Club member is going to win this incredible run for god truckers hat that's a cool uh, hat i wear this hat all not this exact hat that would be gross <laughs> this is a brand new one but i wear this hat almost every day and yeah. i love it yeah and so yeah who is the first person the name the four minute mile the name the time the time the date the date name time See, i date. know the name but i don't know the other two i uh-huh. have to go look that up uh-huh. Uh-huh. i know about when it was i think i know i think i know the date I know the time. It was in the 60s, wasn't it? No, it was not. When was it? Well, I, we don't need to give that away. Yeah. I was thinking the 60s, but no, yeah, you're going to have to go. It was before that. You're going to have to go way back. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. we're going to try to do this every week. We're going to have. We're going to. I'm going to bring a product every week, and we're going to give it away. So that's going to entice you guys to listen to the whole story. Uh, but like Dean has said before. Give us some feedback. We're meeting with a gentleman for lunch tomorrow who who is in the podcast industry. He's been on the editing side, and, and he's got some ideas for us. Uh, we love constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. We know we're not the smart, smartest, uh, we're not the sharpest tool in the drawer. And uh, so give us give us feedback. Tell us what we're doing, what you, what you would like to hear done better, yeah. and we'll do it. Things like... Offering up prizes during the podcast. That's always good. Yeah. So uh, we'll be doing that every week. And it's fun, too. I love trivia. It is. So especially running trivia. Um, I had a coach when I was in high school who one time passed out a, a, this two sheets of paper that had one trivia, all running-related trivia. And I remember, see, back then we didn't have Google. 
And so you had to go find these answers. And some of them were extreme. As a matter of fact, there was one question that nobody got. Absolutely nobody got the answer. Um, and it was a it was a question. Well, maybe I'll, I'll tell you what. I might, I'm going to hold that one. You're going to write that one down, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hold that one. Because that one, now that you can Google, you might be able to figure it out a lot faster. But back then, we couldn't figure it out. So I uh, spent a lot of time in the library trying to find it, too. And uh, we all wound up with the same answer, and it was uh, it was wrong for everybody because we all just copied off each other. Because <laughs> we were like, I can't find this one. Can you find this one? Nobody could find everybody's it. Everybody's looking at everybody's paper. Yeah. Uh, so every week we share a reason why running is so awesome. And because of this particular week and the fact I was able to, to do something fun this week, it's races. There's nothing quite like a race. There's nothing like – seeing people that you love to talk with um i've got friends that are they're they're my they're my running friends that i see weekend friends yeah i see them at races and my goodness this weekend it was so neat to see some of the people i haven't seen in months and months Mm -hmm. and months so uh yeah that's uh, graces are great and it makes running even more awesome the competition the discussion of the competition after the competition is always fun um but you've always got that one guy you've always got that one guy well you know my stomach was hurting today or well you (laughs) and i love to talk to that guy yeah 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 i had uh yeah there was one of those guys this week yeah and um yeah and so that that's uh yeah that's always interesting um it's fun to fun to talk about the battle i was trying to help a friend of mine who is 61 years old break a state record um in the 5k and uh it was clear early that he wasn't gonna uh, i actually ran the time he needed to run and uh, he was nowhere near me at the finish line so he just didn't have the legs this this week but maybe next time Mm -hmm. our motivational thought of the week and I was reminded of this quote recently, and it's really just kind of running related, but I thought this was a really amusing quote. And if you haven't seen the movie McFarland, USA, mm-hmm. you need to check that movie out. It is not a Christian movie, but it is a running movie, and it's a really, really neat story. And uh, so you got this team, and if, if you can picture it, you got a team who, um, they're a bunch of um, Hispanic guys that you know they don't really they don't have a lot of stuff they go to a, they're in a poor neighborhood and this coach just kind of pulls them together and kind of cobbles together a really good team and the guys obviously have talent but they don't have all the stuff that a lot of the other schools do so they're standing on the starting line next to one of these private schools mm. um and the guy looks over at, at the guy from the other team and says you play golf and the guy says uh yeah and the guy says this ain't golf. They, well, the guy says it arrogantly. It was yeah. a, it was a shot at him yeah. for being you know the yeah. the private school. Uh, nothing against private schools, but yeah. it was funny. And then and then he commenced to dust the guy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, <laughs> I just love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No offense to any golfers out there. No. Um, but but you know golf is a is a whole different sport, and uh, it takes a whole different mindset. Um, you got to have some patience for golf. I used to be a golfer. Yeah. I used to be almost a scratch golfer yeah. in high school. And, um, yeah, I realized I just did I, – I almost got to the point where I was that guy who was throwing his clubs. I never did it, but I caught myself because it's the, – the better you get at golf, the harder you are on yourself. I guess yeah. it's that way with any sport. Yeah. Um, but that can become very toxic – 
yeah. on the golf course, and um, I quit. <laughs> well, maybe one day I'll tell the story about how I, I have thrown a golf club on the golf course. Ooh. Maybe one of these days I'll tell the story about why I stopped throwing golf clubs on the golf course. Got expensive. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons. It yeah. would get expensive. Yeah. Those clubs aren't cheap. Well, I, here's what happened, okay? So I actually witnessed somebody else have a meltdown on the golf course. Oh, yeah. And I told that person afterwards, I said, I so appreciate you doing that because <laughs> I'm never going to throw a club ever again because that looked really silly. <laughs> and to this day, since that day, I've never thrown a club. I saw a guy throw his whole golf bag in the lake. <laughs> and guess what happened five minutes later? He went back in to get it. He had to go get it. <laughs> yeah. and yeah, so you're right. It, it's once you see somebody else do it, you you learn how ridiculous I look. So. That's absolutely, yep, absolutely true. Um, anyway, uh, people doubt what they can do. We see it in Run for God classes all the time. Um, you know this this McFarlane guy. You know he. It, people are realizing that ordinary people can do extraordinary things if right. you just put your mind to it. Be consistent, like we talked about earlier. Sure. So if you are not a part of Run Club, but you happened upon this podcast, we hope that you'll become a Run Club member. We just, we've talked about some exclusive things just in this podcast that are available to Run Club members, and uh, there's so much out there, and it is cheap. It's 27, 27 cents. 27 cents a day, and we need you. Yep. I can't say that enough. I, we, yep. this ministry, needs you to join Run Club because it allows us to do what we get up every day trying to figure out how to do, and that's to to reach the world of runners with the love of Jesus Christ. Yep. That is our end game. Um, so it, you can look at it as a a club that you get incredible content. You've got on here over 130 videos now are on mm-hmm. there. Or you can look at it as you supporting a ministry. This, this is your donation uh, yeah. to a ministry that is actively seeking to reach a lost and dying world with the with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we need you. Yes, you want to be a part of that too, sure. um, because if you're a Run Club member, then you know whatever you do, you're part of that. You're mm-hmm. part of that reaching reaching people for Christ. So we talk about getting out there and witnessing, and but we also talk about doing things in a much more benign way. Sometimes it's the way that you carry yourself. Sometimes it's just a word. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know I'm a town councilman in, in my town. And, and every time that we start a meeting, they ask me to pray. You know, that's a, that's a big honor to, to be the person who's asked to do that. And so last week, the, the mayor called me the, the town chaplain. And, and of course, I'm far from that. At least that. it's chaplain and not rabbi. That, well, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're being called regardless, and that's what's important. Right. And sometimes it's just in the little things sure. and a little thing that you can do. <laughs> excuse me is to support the run for god run club sure so go out there and give us reviews on all the platforms that we're on whatever you choose to listen to us on let us know how we're doing um those those great reviews go a long way in letting others find us so that they can become a run, a run for god run club member don't forget to subscribe to the youtube channel and click on that little bell so you get notifications. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast and you just happened up on this one, make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you get them every week when we send these out. Now, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean.
For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.